Chemistry Cake Online. What's baking cake nation and welcome back to the Chemistry Cake Online podcast where chatting about chemistry has never been sweeter. Chemistry Cake is online and today airs our fourth episode of Shark Season. So far, we've had a chat with Dr. Danny Arias-Sotondo about what JAWS is, Dr. Madison Fletcher about who gets to speak on JAWS, and Dr. Craig Fraser about why JAWS came into existence. Today, we will, get a, we will be chatting with Dr. Monica Gill about why we should tune in to JAWS. Monica, thank you so much for joining me today. How have you been? I've been pretty good. Thanks. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Excellent. Excellent. So, tell me, if JAWS is so named just another, parentheses, chemistry webinar series, Mm -hmm. why should we tune in? Well, we kind of like to think of it as like, not your father's kind of seminar series. Um, We definitely wanted to make it have a a different feel than um, our traditional seminar series. We wanted to really give a platform to kind of young uh, grad students and postdocs and even undergrads who are doing research, um, just the people who don't have as many opportunities to uh, present their research. So, uh, you know, people from uh, big labs, their PI get all sorts of opportunities to talk about it, but not necessarily them. So we wanted to uh, make this like warm, friendly, um, all-inclusive environment where people could come and talk about their chemistry but in a really uh, encouraging space and non-intimidating and just have a little fun with it, not take ourselves too seriously, but get to see a lot of really cool chemistry in the meantime. Oh, nice. So this is more of of an informal gathering to talk about people's science. Yeah, it's, I would say it's not necessarily informal. It still has a lot of the same feel, you know, there's PowerPoint Mm -hmm. slides, but I find that there's probably a little more, um, you know, cheeky jokes, uh, people being a little more comfortable. People still get nervous because, you know, sometimes it's their first time presenting to people and, you know, it's built up in their head. It's kind of like, oh, this has to be a nerve wracking experience. But the nice thing is the feedback we've been getting from people is just that it was a very warm, friendly environment. You know, there's right. never been, um, you know, we've never had to step in and, and stop anything. We want it to be an environment where people can come and talk about their chemistry, even if they don't have it all sorted out yet. So it doesn't have to be complete stories. We're still trying to get people out of that mindset that, you know, oh, I have to have published a paper before I can do this. And it's like, well, not necessarily. You know, if you have a story that you want to tell, maybe it didn't get published. That's okay. You know, that this is a place to come and talk and people have been able to chat with people um, about their chemistry, get new ideas, make new connections. It's been a really great experience overall. Oh, wow. Okay, so a much more, well, perhaps a much more, well, it is a lot more welcoming experience uh, as much as I gather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, definitely. you know, folks who want to talk about their science but normally don't get the opportunity to can. Yeah, I think the important thing too is that like, Yes, there have been people from big name groups, but there have also been people from universities that most people haven't heard of, from groups that are maybe just starting out and don't have a high profile. And everybody is treated the same, you know, whether you're from um, big name group USA or from a group in, um, you know, New Zealand or India or wherever the case may be. So I think it really kind of levels the playing fields um, amongst there because we don't treat any, but like nobody gets preference because they're from, you know, big name school. So, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you have a story, you can tell it. 
Exactly. That's, that's exactly the point. So, Excellent. and, um, you know, nobody is, is declined. Like we asked them to submit an abstract kind of like a traditional conference, but that's just to really make sure that, you know, they have a story that they want to tell, but no, nobody has been turned away. Uh, you know, we've just been working through, um, the list of people that we have and we've been really, we, the comments that we're getting um, regularly are just that like, the quality of research that's being presented is just far beyond, not that we had low expectations, but you know, the, the quality people show up to the seminar series and they're like, wow, that was amazing. You know? And so just week after week, it's this really incredible high quality, uh, talks that are being given from groups all around the world. And it really just goes to show, you know, how much excellent chemistry is going on. And uh, in that way, because we're not restricted by, um, you know, travel and stuff, I think that um, I, I certainly myself and uh, us amongst the, the founding members have really had our eyes open to the different types of research that are going on. And, uh, you know, getting outside your, I wouldn't call it a comfort zone necessarily, but we do tend to be um, U.S. and like North American centric oftentimes. And it's very important to remember that that's not the case. There's chemistry research going on all around the world, even if you have, don't hear about it as much. So this has been a really, uh, we're still trying to push to get more abstracts from, um, you know, uh, South America and Europe and different places, but we've, we've made inroads there and we've had presentations from people all around the world. That's so cool. Yeah, it has been really interesting. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the fact that we have the the two different um, times that we alternate back and forth, that really helps with getting people from around the world because when we have 11 a.m. Eastern time, uh, that's the middle of the night for a lot of Asia and uh, New Zealand. So um, I remember one night we had a, a guy presenting from Australia and he said he was presenting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And he said, this is the first time I've been able to present in the middle of the day, you know, uh, since I've been in Australia. He's like, I usually have to present at 3 a.m. And I thought, oh well, you know, <laughs> that's, like, that's, insane. Not, that's not fun at all. But, you know, he said, if I want to present at, you know, North American or European, you know, I tend to have to go that way. So he's like, it's nice to have the the variety of time zones that uh, kind of accommodate different people. So that, that's been a really, um, that was important to us to make sure that we were really thinking about how we could accommodate as many people as possible. And it's nice to hear that that's paying off. Wow. <laughs> yeah, folks, that sounds really cool. So that's why you should tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's uh, a lot of it's, it's not just students that are tuning in either. Uh, there's a lot of PIs that are making regular, regular appearances. So if you want to get your research seen and maybe uh, uh, get some uh, exposure for yourself and hype yourself up a little bit, get people knowing what you're doing, great place to do so and uh we give you lots of um exposure as well uh we'll tweet about about you we'll tweet about your research and then uh, you'll get uh archived on our blog afterwards so you'll always have a place to refer people say well look i presented here you know so oh yeah we love we live for the hype exactly hype. exactly we live for the hype. <laughs> if anyone oh, does wow. it's you so. <laughs> that's so cool oh that's so cool. And well, so you. now I'm curious, you know, hearing about why we should um, tune into other people's science. I want to know a little more about you and your chemistry and what you mm -hmm. do. So mm -hmm. tell me about your science. Well, uh, in my PhD, I, I trained as a synthetic organic chemist and uh, spent a lot of time 
um, you know, learning my, uh, my methods and uh, how to um, make my carbon-carbon bonds. Um, but what I studied pretty strongly in my uh, PhD, especially towards the end, was uh, really mechanisms of palladium-catalyzed cross-coupling and particularly um, decarboxylative allylation. So it's where you take an L ester and you treat it with a palladium catalyst and it's almost like taking a little pair of molecular scissors and cutting out the CO2 and then clipping the two pieces together. So it's kind of a, it's an intramolecular uh, extrusion of carbon dioxide. And um, it's, it's a cool reaction to do. And it's nice because the byproducts are just CO2. And so it's a pretty clean reaction. Um, but what we were finding is we had all this side product that was pretty persistent and it's reported in the literature um, quite a bit, but people mostly just mention it, but then they never actually say where it comes from. And when you start to really kind of scratch your head about it and think about it, it's not obvious at all where it would actually come from. So what I did was actually, um, I started putting uh, deuterium labels. Um, so making the, the substrate, but replacing H's with deuteriums in specific places. And then studying if that deuterium would get incorporated into the side product. And where we ended up finding that the deuterium was coming from uh, was from the ligand. And we usually, um, we often just ignore what the ligand is. It's like, oh, we just screened a bunch of ligands and this one worked the best. And we don't really think about it too much. We often abbreviate it as just L. But it was actually shown, we were actually able to show that um, uh, our proposed mechanism is that there's a cyclopalidation happening. And in order for this reaction to take place, a proton has got to come off the triphenylphosphine type ligand. And that's not really been known um, in this whole field. So uh, I recently was able to get a, a preprint out, we'll hopefully be publishing it soon, but describing that. And uh, people were pretty surprised about the results, but they're like, wow, that is really cool because, you know, you typically don't think of a proton coming off of a, an aromatic ring, uh, but the, that's where the evidence is suggesting it's coming from, so. Holy can no. <laughs> I, folks, I can barely get myself to finish the words that I'm trying to say. That is, okay, first and foremost, so cool that it's coming from the ligand, <laughs> yes, but also yeah. an aromatic ring. Like that's yeah. not something that you often hear no, about. No. Like it was, it was the last place that we looked for sure. We thought it was a lot of other places before we went to that place. So <laughs> I was like, huh, okay. <laughs> like the only time that I've ever heard a proton coming off of an aromatic ring that isn't benzene is maybe an acyl anion equivalent. But apart from that, like, yeah, well, are you familiar with like, um, kind of like the, the CH activation literature at all, like concerted methylation deprotonation? We're kind of, we're kind of proposing it might be something like that, kind of like that, mm. because the, uh, like when it's attached to the metal, and it's got, um, like the ortho H is coming off there, you would make a five membered ring. It's like I say, it probably, uh, I'd love to hit somebody up for some computational stuff sometime be like, look, I've got these ideas, you know, we should uh, see what we can come up with. But uh, we definitely have um, uh, some good experimental evidence. And it would be nice to back it up with some, uh, some uh, computational stuff too. But uh, yeah, we've gotten some good feedback on it. People have been uh, really surprised about it. And uh, I just, you know, no one's come and said, 
well, no, that's ridiculous. Cause you know, cause you're always, you know, like, there's nothing out there like this in the literature. You're like, I'm not sure if this is correct, you know, but it's, uh, it's always scary to kind of put yourself out there, but so far I haven't found anything to say it's not correct. And nobody's come at me saying, no, no, you're completely wrong. So I, I'm hoping that it's been a, a nice little insight for the field. So. That's so cool. That's so cool. <laughs> you want to know what else is cool? What's that? Sharks. Sharks are incredibly cool, actually. I like the nerdiest shark there ever was. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, you you like what now? Oh, I like the nerdiest shark that ever lived. Do you do you recall the um what was it? Uh the Super Bowl a couple of years ago with Katy Perry and there was a shark yes. dancing with her. Yes. Um and he was kind of known as Left Shark on the internet. Um that's yeah. I feel like I feel like he speaks to me, you know, and um I really enjoy, I, I enjoy the energy that Left Shark was putting out there. You know, he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm going to do it hard. So. <laughs> so are you telling me that your favorite shark is Katy Perry's Left Shark? That is exactly what I'm telling you. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is an incredible answer. So great. I, wow. <laughs> now I have to reconsider my favorite, see, because my favorite shark is a whale shark and those are fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Those are really fun. I think they're all interesting, but ever since um, we started with uh, Jaws Chem and, you know, like doing different like shark puns and stuff, it's, it's just always pops up in my head and just like his, I mean, he was, he didn't have a look on his face. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't frowning. He wasn't anything. But to me, he was just like the lovable goof that was like, I don't know the moves, but I'm going to dance anyway. <laughs> so that, 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 I feel like he was uh, channeling very, uh, uh, my, my type energies. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm going to give it all I've got, even though I don't know the moves. <laughs> I feel like that's the approach that we should have with uh, a lot so. of life. I think so. I right? think so. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to give it my all. Exactly. Exactly. I, I always try my best. So, you know, it's like, uh, we'll give that a go. So. <laughs> all right. Well, okay. Speaking of favorites, because we've mm -hmm. now that we've talked about your favorite shark and you know, yes. this is a very important question, Monica. I, I think it's actually essential to this podcast. Are you ready? Are you ready for it? I am. Hit me with it. Okay. What is mm -hmm. your favorite cake flavor and why? So I've given it a lot of thought because I knew that this would be an important question. Okay. And I went through a couple of like, you know, iterations of like possibilities. But when it came down to it, it has to be a Dairy Queen ice cream cake. <laughs> amazing <laughs> it's uh I can remember one of my earliest birthdays that I remember as a kid um I had a Dairy Queen ice cream cake and it had like a really colorful teddy bear on it and I was I thought it was really beautiful and everything and um I don't know it always like brings me to a very special and nostalgic place uh, plus it's delicious <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> yeah now, no but that's that's definitely my fave so does does this cake actually have like a cake sponge in it or is it just ice cream in the no, shape of a cake? No, exactly. It, it's a cake. Um, so let me see if I can get this right. It's chocolate soft serve on the bottom about an inch and then um, there is a kind of like cookie crumble uh -huh. layered on top of that and then uh -huh. there's like um, a gooey fudge that's layered oh. over top of that. 
then it's covered in white soft serve and then the whole thing like on the outside is covered in white soft serve and then that's like the cake like the circle or the square whatever shape you get and then they decorate it on top and the whole thing's frozen it's delicious <laughs> so that sounds delicious and yes, now yes. i want ice cream but only if it's mm-hmm. in the shape of a cake exactly i mean it's really um for a while um i don't think they do this anymore but when i was maybe in high school um dairy queen sold um cupcakes but it was essentially like a miniature version of what i just described in oh my goodness in cupcake form yeah yeah that was pretty good that was pretty good i was like (laughs) you should have never discontinued those that was the best thing you ever did That's like snack size mm-hmm. ice cream oh, cake. Oh yes, oh yes, yeah, yeah. We need yeah. To, whoever is listening out out there. You need to. Mm-hmm. Th- this needs to become a thing again. Where absolutely, absolutely. You have ice cream cupcakes, holy cannolis. What the heck? That sounds incredible. I know, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh man. Yes. Well, you're, you're, you're welcome for that, uh, bringing that into your life. So that, that was definitely, definitely a, a, um, you know, there was a lot to decide from and to make the choice of not a sponge based cake. I was like, that's a pretty bold choice, Monica. You've got to be able to back it up. So, you know, I I really was like, no, no, it's gotta be the ice cream cakes. (laughs) Well, it was a bold choice, but however, um, I am, you can can respect it. You can be respected. I respect it. Absolutely respect it. Um, all, all pastries are welcome here, uh, even if it isn't a cake. And (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, like Dr. Madison Bledsher said that her favorite cake flavor was pie. So, you know, Mm -hmm. as much as it's not a cake, I respect it. When you love pie, you love pie. It's just the way it is. (laughs) That's how it goes, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, this was such a great chat. What a sweet time, sweet friend. Oh, it's uh, so great to finally be able to chat with you. Uh, I, I'm really glad to hear that. Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. I love the work that you're doing. Um, it's great to be able to participate. So thanks for having us. And I love the work that y'all are doing. So oh, thank you. Hype thank it up. You. So yes, folks, absolutely. Keep hyping us and we'll keep hyping you. So <laughs> Heck yeah, we love it. We Excellent. love to keep the hype alive. So folks mm-hmm. at home, make sure that you tune in to Jaws. But however... It does look like this is the end of our chat. So that, that's so the only much. sad thing. So <laughs> no, the only sad thing is that we're we, this is the end of our chat. Absolutely. Um, but I must I must thank you so much for joining me today. And Thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to have you. Um, to the listeners at home, thank you for joining me today. We hope you enjoyed our time as well. If you would like to follow the adventures of Dr. Monica Gill. I invite you to follow her on Twitter at mgillchem, which will be linked in the description. And if you would like to learn more about JAWS and are interested in participating, you can follow them on Twitter as well at JAWSChem, which will also be linked in the description. Of course, if you would like to uh, partake in the hype and hop aboard the hype train, choo-choo, you are welcome to follow me on Twitter at ChemistryCake. Well, folks, uh, that's all that we've got for you today. This is your gentle reminder to stay hydrated, to keep the hype alive, and to edify our village. Be kind to others and to yourselves, folks. Thanks for tuning in, Cake Nation. This is Chemistry Cake, signing off.